Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. It is the Palpably Unfair Podcast, episode 26, brought to you by the SB Nation NFL Show. I am your host, Michael Kist, and as always, I am joined by the rambunctious Kyle Posey. Follow him on Twitter at KP underscore show. Kyle, how you doing today? Doing good, man. Looking forward to a lovely topic that we have going on here, man. <laughs> how's uh, how's the offseason treating you? It's been it's been good, and you're right. The, the topic is lovely, and it's one of uh, great debate among football circles, whether it be film guys, analytic guys, cap guys, just football guys in general. We are talking about the uh, free agency class and about the running backs in that free agency class. Before we get to that and, and really dig into the different players and their potential landing spots and really just who is out there, there is some news that that we need to talk about because we just talked about this guy last week. The Miami Dolphins have released Kyle Van Noy, a real football guy guy. If you listen to the podcast uh, number 25 when we talked about our all-star team, Kyle Van Noy is a guy that that we have praised not only on that show, but throughout the year. And I know a, a friend of the show, Coach Vass, he recently did a project where he was looking at the uh, the 5-0 fronts for the New England Patriots, and he was taken aback by it because the film that he watched, he was watching Van Noy and was like, wow, this this I mean, this guy absolutely gets it. Just a disciplined football player, gets the job done, know where he's supposed to be. Me and Kyle talked about his performance in the, in the Super Bowl for the Patriots against the Rams, where he just had a, a lights-out game, just a super-prepared guy. And after signing a, what was it, a four-year, $51 million contract last offseason that included $30 million guaranteed from the Dolphins, a surprise release. I mean, we really thought that because of the Brian Flores, Patriots connection, that this was a culture guy that they wanted to bring in. Pete Sweeney touched on this on the uh, NFL Daily Kickoff this morning, but uh, Van Noy kind of put it out there that he was disappointed in this. He said, quote, I am surprised and disappointed in their decision. As a captain, I gave my all to the team. I fought through a painful hip injury during the season, including spending a night in the hospital after a game. Real football guy guy thing to do. I was brought there to be a leader, and I know my teammates looked up to and respected me. I am looking forward to making an impact on my next team on and off the field. So I think like right away, my immediate thinking was, let's make another Patriots connection and let's put Kyle Van Noy on the Tennessee Titans defense that struggled so much, especially on third down last year. So that was my immediate thought when I saw this. I thought, let's just make another Patriots connection. But Kyle, your reaction to what really kind of, uh, it didn't really shock everybody because the fact that he's a football guy guy and he's underrated, but it definitely shocked me and you. Absolutely. So first of all, it's nice to have our takes validated by Coach Vass. Um, the going to the Titans, that's an interesting one because they could really use a player like him because their second level defenders, um, they weren't very good <laughs> this past season. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, 
He knows where to be. And when you watch the Titans, a lot of their players have no idea where to be. So that would be a great fit, actually. I, I thought, you know, the easy one would just be to go back to New England because, right. you know, like, why why not? And right. you saw McCourty, the McCourty twins tweeted out a picture that of them being together. So I could see that happening. But I just feel like Ben Noy is such an underrated player. And, you know, he's not going to do the flashy things that, you know, get you highlights on the Internet. So fans are not going to be aware of just how important he is to a defense. But I can imagine that, you know, the teams like the Patriots, teams like the Titans, teams who need those valuable second level level defenders who can cover, rush the passer and stop the run. He'll like his services will be needed. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see not only where he goes, but the type of contract he commands. And that's the real reason he was released is for money reasons, not for how he plays. Yeah, and maybe that has something to do with Deshaun Watson. Maybe it doesn't, giving themselves some flexibility. I think um, Van Ginkle uh, was a reason that they were able to move on from him as well because he really flashed for the Dolphins last year. So a cheaper option, another disciplined guy. Maybe he's a future FGG. We'll find out uh, next year when, when when we dig into that. But that that's the news on uh, Kyle Van Noy. Like I said, Pete Sweeney touched on it, uh, touched on it in the morning, but we did want to follow up because he's a player near – and dear to our hearts. So like I said, we are talking running backs today. Before we we get into the free agents, I actually wanted to talk about one draft prospect because we're going to be talking a lot about teams with needs at the running back position, fits with different free agents, but there's also the top running back in the draft class, in my opinion anyway, Najee Harris from Alabama. And, and one thing I liked about Najee, the first time I actually heard him speak was in the post-game presser to the national championship game uh, against Ohio State, and uh, he re- he really kicked back at a reporter that that said like you did this with ease, and he was like, no, they didn't. Let Let's go to that clip right now. Najee, Ohio State has a really good front. How are you able to expose those holes so effortlessly? Effortlessly, you didn't see what they were doing? They were blowing my up. What are you talking about? It wasn't effortlessly. I'll tell you what. Them do they they did their thing, bro. To be honest with you, it was just you know they what they did is every time we did a play action, they just shot the gaps, shot the gaps. The linebackers, you know, we got a couple of them to play a lot of the fakes. That's why we were able to throw so much bubbles and the slants and all that. But bro, them they was blowing up. You tripping? It was not easy. I am hurting. So that's a fun little back and forth with Najee Harris and uh, and a reporter after the national championship game, kicking back saying, "Man, that wasn't easy. They get they they got after me, but." One guy that does get after it is, in fact, Najee Harris, a very, very tough runner. I think the the biggest concern that I have with him when you talk about his projection, you know, is he a first-round type of guy? And, you know, maybe you look at his comp, and I, I've seen him comp to, like, Matt Forte and guys like that. Like, would you take a Matt Forte in that type of career at the end of the first round? Yeah, probably I'd take a swing on it, but I think the lack of explosive plays in the run game maybe hurts that projection. He doesn't exactly have like that top end speed, but I think when you're looking at a guy from from you know the one to ten yard area, I think he's got everything that you want. He's a tough runner. What do you think of Najee's game? Yeah, I think the only thing that we're really talking about as far as weaknesses goes, so he's not gonna be that breakaway guy. And other than that, like he's not he doesn't have the special teams experience, but other than that, man, he, he can do it all. He has an all-around skill set. He does not go down on contact. He can also make you miss. You would have no idea that he's this 230-ish pound running back because in the open field, you can't get a hand on him. And it's not just one move that he has. Like He can make you miss in a variety of ways um, as a running back. I just think that you know he has patience. He has vision. He's like a one-cut guy. 
But he just he he lets the offensive line do the work for him, and I love when running backs do that. He's not going to rush into the line of scrimmage. You know, he doesn't all he also doesn't seek out contact. I think that's another big deal. Which you know that kind of that's the reason why a lot of running backs' careers don't last very long because they're always trying to run dudes over. And just because he's two hundred and thirty pounds, he's not looking out for that. So I love Najee Harris, and I think as a pass, you know, he he's serviceable as a pass protector. Um, all running backs, you know, they're going to be iffy in that yeah. field, but. As a receiver, that's where his real value comes in, I feel like. And he's not just going to be this guy that you throw check down. So he can legit run routes and he can make linebackers miss while he's running routes, um, out of the backfield. So good hands can win on every level as a, as a receiver. And then he's a good running back. So I feel like it's Najee Harris and it's everybody else in this class. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. You mentioned the pass pro. Like when I watch, Pass protection from college backs. I, I don't care about technique. You can coach that up. It's the will. It's the want to. Do you have the strength to be able to hold up and do it? And I think Najee's uh, got that. So good back. Uh, really interested to see where he goes in the NFL and what he's able to do. And, and speaking of the NFL, let's get to our free agency. Because through the week, we're going position by position, show by show, through these different uh, primers, I guess you would you would call them, for the free agency class. Me and uh, Kyle, we drew the straw that was running back. So let, let's dig into it. We'll, we'll go with the top free agent prospect here, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Now, there is some some context here. Green Bay Packers GM Brian Gutekunst, I think I'm saying that correctly, uh, when he was asked about the potential of using a franchise tag on Jones, he said, quote, we certainly could. I think it's something we're working through. There's usually better ways to go about it, but certainly – if we get down the road here, if that becomes what is in the best interest of the Packers, I think we'll do that, end quote. So maybe, maybe not with the franchise tag. And look, over the cap projects the franchise tag for running backs to be around 11 mil. And while that might seem a little hefty, there is a real chance that Jones could see a bigger deal in the open market. For instance, PFF initially projected the Miami Dolphins as a landing spot for Jones, and that contract was projected to be worth four years. 46 mil for an average of 11.5 per year coming with 25 mil in guarantees. Miami, who were 23rd in run DVOA, should certainly be looking to bolster their offensive line and backfield, especially considering what they might have going on at the quarterback position. If it's not Deshaun Watson, Tua is definitely going to need some help. Uh, last year's Miles Gaskin was their leading rusher with 584 yards. And look, Gaskin is not a bell cow. Uh, their touchdown leader last year was Jordan Howard, which is hilarious because oh, <laughs> he was also he was cut and he also only had 28 carries, but four of them were punched in for scores. He averaged 1.2 yards per carry. Part of that is because of the heavy dose of goal line carries. Part of that is the offensive line. I imagine that a lot of it is because he's just not good anymore. After that shoulder has been torn to shreds over the years, he does not have uh, the requisite juice uh, to run through the smoke. Uh, Jones, Aaron Jones, going back to him, he didn't have any problem producing a recent history. He is fifth ranked with 3,000 total yards and second ranked with 30 total touchdowns over the past two seasons. This is a dual threat guy. And as you've heard me say often, Kyle, for running backs to matter, unless you're Derrick Henry in a career year, you have to be able to catch the football and contribute in the pass game. And he's caught right around 50 balls for two years running uh, each year and is very good in that area. So this is a guy that, that can make a uh, you can make a better case for him than most for paying him. I think beyond the Dolphins, who we've already highlighted, you're looking at the Jets. You're looking at possibly the 49ers. Interested in your thoughts on that? You're looking at the Chicago Bears, possibly the Arizona Cardinals. They could all use a guy like Jones. Kyle, what do you think about Jones? Is he worth the money? What's his potential landing spot? 
wherever you want to take that, I threw a lot at you. I think you pointing out being able to have value out of the backfield is huge, especially for these free agent running backs, because you can find any of these uh, skill sets in the draft. But for for Jones, especially, I remember him coming out of UTEP like he was running wheel routes out of the backfield. And I don't know. I don't know how much he did that with Green Bay, but I know that, you know, of these you know, right around those 50 catches, he's able to win at most levels. And because he can do that, that makes your offense more dangerous. And, he, you know, he has the wiggle. He has the juice, as you mentioned. But he's just a good football player. And I think he actually, you know, can provide value in free agency, whereas most free agent running backs, you're not going to pay them because there's not the value there. But yeah, I think Jones, I, I'd like to see him, you know, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to be – um who wouldn't want to play in a Shanahan offense? So, of course, I'd take him there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other teams. Miami would be fun just because they have, you know, Devontae Parker. They have Preston Williams. And, and Tua can have that guy, have that little RPO guy out of the backfield. So, yeah, that, that would be a nice little landing spot, I think. And I think I'm going to stick with that. But I think Aaron Jones is probably going to be, you know, one of the few running backs where, you know, the contract actually pays out. So, I was actually looking at some – some previous contracts. Uh, Christian McCaffrey signed a deal last year, four year, 64 million, and he played three games last year. Right. Alvin Kamara, five year, $75 million deal. And while he played in 15, uh, 15 games, how many of those games do you remember Kamara being banged up? It seemed like, you know, he was just a shell of himself. And there was a, a stretch during 2020 where he just didn't look the same. And then you have Zeke Elliott the year before. Six year, ninety million dollar, fifty million guaranteed, man. Twenty yeah. five year old running back, and he averaged four yards a carry. He lost five fumbles. Uh, he's just like these guys. Like, why are you handing out these deals? So let me ask you this: in that sense, where yes, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, they they still performed well. Those seem to be more outliers and exceptions to the rules. If you're Green Bay, why would you pay Aaron Jones? Yeah, I don't I, I don't have a great answer for that, to be honest with you, because I really do feel like unless you have your offensive line already set up, I think like then the running back is like the, the icing on the cake, especially if you have somebody like Aaron Jones' talent level. I can certainly justify paying him a certain amount of money as long as my offensive line is taken care of. So if you're a, a team looking and this is going to be a theme throughout here as we get to these other backs. But if you're a team that does not have your offensive line squared away and you don't have any plans for that. The, the last place you need to be looking is running back because it's it's, it's not going to matter. So I think you you got you got to get that squared away first. Let's let's go to Chris Carson. The the I think the second ranked probably I, I think it's a fair way to put that uh, running back in the free agent market uh, per PFF quote in each season of his career. Chris Carson he has gained at least three yards per carry after contact, topping out with 3.63 yards on average in 2019, a season in which he broke 62 tackles, including the playoffs. And quote, simply put, this guy is a bull between the tackles. He's going to get the dirty yards to keep your offense on schedule. He's hungry for more touches. He talked about it in the offseason, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I mentioned receiving, receiving ability before. I was actually surprised when I saw that Carson had around 100 catches over the last two years. Granted, those are not the same as Aaron Jones in terms of depth of target and what he's able to do with his route tree and productivity, but he's capable enough in that area, which was definitely not a strength of his early in his career. I think when you look at possible fits, I could see him returning to Seattle, I'm sure, after last season and all the comments made that, that Pete Carroll would love uh, uh, an excuse to run the ball more. Uh, retaining Carson definitely helps justify that. 
I mentioned the Jets before as somebody that could pursue Aaron Jones. I think they'd be in on Carson as a consolation prize. And, and I'll throw one more out there. I like the fit with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, give me the trio of Carson, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and I think you're cooking. And, and look, this is kind of what I mentioned after the Super Bowl. The Bills should see what the Bucks and the Chiefs are doing and constantly be adding talent to their offense. And I don't necessarily mean that running back is the only place where they need to to go. I definitely don't mean this as the only thing they need to do. But this is a piece that you can add that can give you stability and depth at the running back position and keep your offense going when one of those guys goes down. Uh, the one thing working against that when you just think of like football theory for the Buffalo Bills there is like when the Bills sit down and self-scout and say, boy, we sure do love to pass on first down and second and long. The question becomes, is running back where we need to invest if we're going to continue that? Because it's going to be to the tune of something like $9 million a year for Carson. And I would say no if it keeps you from adding a wide receiver or a tight end like Jonu Smith, for example, which I think is a beautiful fit in that Bills offense. So I'm pounding the table for that one. So I'm a little iffy on that one. But regardless, Chris Carson – Thoughts on his game potential fits, Kyle? Uh, Chris Carson runs like a maniac, and yeah. that's the reason that, that he has success out of the backfield. So you mentioned his average depth of target. He, he's pretty much just catching checkdowns, but he's turning those into like six, seven, eight-yard gains because he's either running over people or making somebody miss. I think, as you mentioned, the Jets, that is an ideal fit. Give Sam Donner or whoever the rookie – if they go the rookie route – Give him, give them, and you know, just a reliable running back. So Robert Sala, he is their head coach. He's from the 49ers. He <laughs> coached with Seattle, so he's well aware of the talent of Chris Carson, and their staff is as well. So I feel like Chris Carson at this point, he's still only 26 years old. He's not old by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. And he averaged 4.8 yards per carry last season. And again, he just runs so hard. And for what they need to do, if they want to go for that whole ball control type of offense, I feel like Chris Carson is their guy. So I would go uh, Jets for sure. I like that. And the Jets are getting their offensive line together over the years. So it's definitely something I think they they have the ability to do, as we talked about before. That's definitely important. All right. So when we come back here on the Palpably Unfair podcast, we are going to get to the third biggest name in the pool. And then we're just going to we're going to put a bunch of names in a bucket. We're going to we're going to draw a name that we like as a guy that that's viable, that we still think can be productive in the NFL. That's coming up next here on the Palpably Unfair podcast. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And we are back here on the Palpably Unfair Podcast, episode 26, brought to you by the SB Nation NFL Show. Remember, subscribe, rate, review. If you love what we're doing here, drop some words in the review and uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. 
Uh, say some nice words about Kyle sending you $10 for leaving a five-star review. No guarantee on that. We'll see what, what, what Kyle thinks. But look, let's get back to what we were doing. We were kind of setting the, the table for free agency, the running back group. This is our running back primer for that group. We talked about Aaron Jones. We talked about Chris Carson. I think the third biggest name out there and possibly I think might be my second my most favorite guy in this class, uh, Kenyon Drake. And, and out of this group, I think Drake is the best bet in getting bang for your buck. I mean, look at what the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals offensive line was last year. And I know their team block run win rate or whatever it was was high, but their adjusted line yards was awful. And if you watch them, I think you came to the conclusion that they needed serious help. And there's a reason that you could consider the interior of that line as the second biggest need for the Cardinals entering free agency in the draft. So Drake didn't just like, he just didn't have the space to operate, but he was still able to bounce back towards the end of the season. And you look at the price tag for a guy like Drake, I, I think he can be a, a 1A in a backfield rotation. And if you're paying just under 7 mil for that, which is about where he's projected at, I think that's a win. And maybe this is a, an old take that I'm hanging on to for too long. I was a big fan of his in Miami when he had some flashes. His 2019 campaign with Arizona was very impressive. I think that back still exists. I think the Cardinals should have interest in bringing him back. The Houston Texans would be smart to add playmakers to their offense. And, it would, I mean, the running game was just abysmal last year. So any help they can get there is is a plus for them, especially if they keep Deshaun and they're trying to give him some guys around them. Uh, I'll throw in another. What about the Atlanta Falcons, who went from the powerhouse duo of Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman to the ghost of Todd Gurley and Ito Smith? Uh, I think that would be a smart addition there. Kenyon Drake, though, what do you think about his game, Kyle? I think that if you're looking for that quote unquote home run type of back and maybe even a better way to put it is just like a complimentary back to build off your bulldozer. Like he is your guy and thinking about what he can bring to the table. He's more of like an outside the tackle wide zone yep. type of back. So that's where his fit would be. Uh, this past season, he was much better running outside the tackles and he, and he doesn't have the stature that you would, you know, that you would think of a guy for breaking tackles, but he still creates after contact. So, um, I think Kenyon Drake. 27 years old, former third round pick, you know, coming out of, coming out of Alabama. I, do you remember, by the way, there were arguments between him and Derrick Henry coming out of the draft yeah. on who was better? Do you recall these? Yeah. I, I do. And it's something that happens in draft Twitter every year where the consensus is, you know, uh, one player on a team and everybody knows he's the best. And in that case, it was Derrick Henry. But then there's always the guy that like flashed a little bit, right? You're always, you're always looking for the next Alabama back. And people thought Drake was it. He just didn't have the opportunity. Uh, I think that's that looks really stupid. And, you know, maybe that's something, a lesson that you can learn going forward with the draft process. But, like, this is this is serious, silly season, dude. Like, the discourse about the NFL draft on the timeline is worth a, a, a whole show by itself and the stupid things that, that we fall into. So I do remember that. But but with Drake, I, I think you agree with me. You think he's uh, uh, definitely a, a 1A type of back and for the money, like probably the best bang for your buck? Absolutely. So I was I went back and I was looking at the bang for your buck type of contracts and I had to go all the way back to 2011 to find somebody who actually produced. That was <laughs> Darren Sproles. He signed a four-year, $14 yeah. million dollar deal with the Saints and he produced out of the backfield um, as a ball carrier and obviously, you know, 60, 70, uh, 60, 70 catches. So that is what, and you're, you're not going to get that type of production from Drake, but th that's how long it's been since we've had, you know, a competent running back who produced. So, um, I don't know that 
who would pay Drake to be like their RB1. But again, a, a complimentary fit. Um, we just talked about Derrick Henry and Kenyon Drake. Why wouldn't he go to the Titans and be that guy to take some of the workload off of workload off of Derrick Henry? Because, you know, that out that wide zone, um, that wide zone action, he could, you know, check down for Ryan Tannehill and maybe even incorporate him in the passing game a little bit more. Yeah, and the thing I like about Drake, and I mean, the reason that you see these backs fall off is just they're taking contact all yeah. the time, and, and they're just getting beat up. Well, Drake didn't have that coming out of college. He didn't have the workload of a Derrick Henry, which maybe went into the part of that discussion. How much do you love a back that has this many carries on, you know, in the SEC? Drake didn't have that workload in college. Drake hasn't had that workload in the NFL. This is the first season that he was over 200 carries, so he's still relatively fresh even when you when you look at his age there so i think there's a good reason to believe that like nothing's been scrubbed off of his speed and let, let's get to like the remaining group here so we're, we're looking at a group of remaining guys from this free agency class for running backs and let's maybe pick one each that we uh think can still be a productive nfl back you've got duke johnson Subject of uh, many trade discussions over the last few years, <laughs> but uh, recently released by the Houston Texans. Maybe he returns to the Cleveland Browns in a, in, a, in a minor role. You've also got Mike Davis. You've got James Conner of the Steelers. You've got Marlon Mack of the Colts. You've got Carlos Hyde. Who knows? Maybe 17 teams he's played for. You've got Le'Veon Bell, uh, James White, uh, who, who I really like, Jamal Williams of the Pack. Like, there is a lot to pick from here. Who do you like from that group, Kyle, if you're left uh, picking up off the scrap heap? And we're, we've been talking about NFL draft here. I had Duke Johnson as RB1 coming out in 2015. <laughs> so uh, great call there, pal. I, yeah. So he's as close as it gets to like a slot receiver. So if you are looking for a running back who can produce, that would be the guy. And if you're going to bet on a running back, you're probably not going to bet on a guy coming off of an injury. So with that said, I'm going to bet off a guy coming off of an injury. Uh, <laughs> Marlon Mack, man, I just love yeah. what he did with the Colts. He tore his ACL and he had a shoulder injury before that. But when he was with the Colts uh, in 2019, I thought he was very efficient. I thought he did very well. Uh, didn't offer much in the passing game, but he just seemed to, again, create for himself, make guys miss. And he had that explosive playability. So when you're running the ball, it's not an efficient play. So you want a guy that can turn a carry here and there into like a 20-yard gain. So that's why I would bet on Mac, assuming that he comes back healthy. How about you? Is there is there any guy that you like out of the names you mentioned? Yeah, I think uh, and and just on Mac quickly, like I remember him coming out in the draft and thinking like, okay, this is this is probably a guy I could really be on board with day three. Like I have no idea what he's looking at 90% of the time. But like that other ten percent, like holy crap, is it special? Like you could you could see the home run ability. Uh, but he he had an interesting game. I think my guy from this group is going to be James Connor. Uh, with the Steelers drafting Anthony McFarland Jr. and Benny Snell Jr. in back to back fourth rounds, you, you could definitely see why Connor is on the outs. Connor, of course, has a tremendous story beating cancer uh, and then becoming a productive NFL back. And, and speaking to that productivity, over 2,000 yards over the last three years. But I, I think he's got to land in a situation where the constant theme of the show, where the run blocking is going to be there for him. Because my main concern is a lack of juice. He just doesn't have the ability to take advantage of small creases and run through smoke or get to the edge. And with the and with Pittsburgh's offensive line ranking dead last in adjusted line yards per football outsiders last year, you saw some of those deficiencies amplified last year, and perhaps unfairly because the blocking was so poor. So if you get him with the right line, I think that allows his strengths to shine. And that's his tenacity as a runner 
his ability to churn through contact when he's got the right angles. And I think he's solid enough as a receiver with good hands. And another qualifier here, what's his health? I I personally don't know because I'd really want to get him checked out and see what's going on with him because he's definitely got the injury bug and that's played a role, in my opinion, of some of that short area explosiveness being scrubbed off of his game. But if his health is good and you have the right line for him, you throw him in a rotation – and you've got yourself a tough runner that can complement some other styles you might have in your backfield. So James Conner is a guy, I'm just kicking the tires on him, I'm seeing what's going on with him, I'm getting him on the cheap, I'm throwing him in a, in a, in a rotation, uh, along with an offensive line that that is mostly taken care of. I think you can get him for a good price tag, so that is my guy. Kyle, maybe we'll make a, a bet, a $1 vending machine bet. Who has more rushing yards next year, Marlon Mack or James Conner? Sound good to you? Oh man, let's do it. I'm all in on that candy bar. Um, I will, I'll take Max. So we're bringing it all together here. Friend of the podcast, Nate Tice, actually coached James Conner at Pittsburgh. He yes. comped Najee Harris, who we spoke about at the top of the show. He said Najee would be James Conner 2.0. So the better version mm-hmm. of Conner. And, and when you think of James Conner, you're thinking, you're thinking of him, what he is now and not what he was when he was in Pittsburgh because he was an absolute terror at Pittsburgh, running through all kind of guys, actually making plays with his hands out of the backfield. So that, that makes sense because he didn't have that top end speed, but he was still such a valuable player. And that's why, you know, Pittsburgh was a, or Pittsburgh was able to get some valuable seasons out of him. Yeah, and uh, another guy who's, you know, we talked about Najee being competent in the past game. Connor is competent in the past game, even though he'd like he really didn't have any. He had 30 total receptions in, in college, so we're really able to develop that skill set. Uh, that's important to note when you're projecting guys to the NFL. Sometimes they just didn't have the opportunity. Is it opportunity? Right. Is it skill? You know, what is it? And you mentioned Connor's productivity in college. Like his his sophomore year. 17 over 1700 yards almost 1800 he had 26 touchdowns that year that'll do then in his senior year after coming back from cancer over a thousand yards and had 20 no 16 touchdowns added four touchdowns as a receiver on just 21 catches so just like an amazing story and he's a guy that's easy to root for it and look i mean he was the reason that that pittsburgh fans were totally fine with moving on from Le'Veon bell because he came in and they were like what are we really losing so if Connor can kind of recapture some of that magic, I think he's going to be a good pickup for a team. And and boom, I think that that does it for our free agency running back primer here on the Palpably Unfair podcast. Kyle, any last words for the uh, gentle listeners before we uh, hit the old dusty trail here? Nothing at all, man. Just looking forward to getting that dollar off of you at the end of next season. <laughs> so that does it for us. Remember, subscribe, rate and review we thank you for joining us remember we're going to have more primers for the for free agency going position by position here on the SB nation nfl show so keep it locked in here we have you covered throughout free agency throughout the nfl draft going right into next season so don't miss a single episode and in the meantime go dominate and have yourselves a day.